Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. Hello, MS Gym family. Thanks so much for joining me today for our MS Gym Podcast. And today I'm excited to be interviewing one of our MS Gym members, Jenny Angus. And I've so enjoyed getting to know um, Jenny myself. and. I know that you will enjoy this interview and just to learn more about Jenny and um, the exciting opportunities that um, she has pursued. And so let's get started. So Jenny, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Well, thank you, Jody. I'm absolutely stoked and I'm completely honored that I'm here. Thank you. So Jenny, will you um, tell us briefly just about um, when you were diagnosed with MS? Yes, it was uh, seven years ago. I was finally diagnosed, but I was misdiagnosed in 2004 and sent home. So I guess when everything got so much worse that the final diagnosis came through. Okay. And that seems to be kind of a common thing amongst um, MS um, diagnoses, right? That not everyone gets diagnosed uh, right away. And sometimes there's this kind of misdiagnosis and you know it's it's so it can be so hard because if you look at it you know those those all those years you weren't diagnosed you you couldn't be treated either so it's it's can be a very tricky situation um so when you when you first started having symptoms what what kind of symptoms were you having uh, it was pretty obvious. And the first one was in 2000 and I'd been playing softball co-ed with, um, recreationally speaking, but they were pretty intense, um, players and I would throw the ball and like, and I used to have a, like a, a straight, strong throw and I, I, the ball would fall out of my hand behind my head. And I think I, and I'd look to like, where, where's the ball? It didn't make it. And then everyone was like, Jen, Jen, it's behind you. And I look and the ball's behind me. And I had absolutely no sensation whatsoever that the ball had not been thrown, right? It was back there. And then there was, um, it escalated that, you know, the, the ball wouldn't I'd throw another game and the ball would actually still be clutched in my hand when it was supposed to be let go. Or it would, um, you know, I'd throw it down. So it was, it was very, like, very obviously wrong. Um, I ended up quitting softball that season. Um, because I was so, so embarrassed by what was happening and we were losing games because of it. So obviously a very active woman and involved in sports and athletic. Um, when did the kind of the transition happen? Like from obviously struggling with, with sports, when did it happen to interfere with kind of life outside of athletics? Um, I guess 2003, the start of 2003, um, that whole year leading up to my diagnosis, I lost about 50% of functionality, not just in my ability to exercise was down by 50%. My steps went down to almost nothing. I was going to bed at six o'clock at night. My pain had exploded. I'd been in the ER about three times for um, bowel issues. I had a part, partial bowel obstruction. And um, so there was multiple things happening all over my body and my brain was just like I couldn't retain anything and I had, everybody was helping me like, like walking my dog and bringing me food and, um, helping me at, at my job. And so, um, yeah, that was, uh, 
it was it was very noticeable everywhere. I wasn't answering emails, text messages. I couldn't answer the phone. Um, I mean, I was completely falling apart at at the core level. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds it sounds like your your symptoms escalated pretty quickly, and definitely it was impacted your entire life and just your day to day function. What kind of work did you used to do? Because you had mentioned, um, you know, when you were working. Uh, I had my own business and I worked full time as a rental property manager in in my town. And um, part time, I was a professional artist. I sold my artwork. And uh, once a year, I did contract work for the Worcester Film Festival, which I'm super passionate about that. And um, I was also a part time seasonal ski instructor on Worcester Blackcomb. Wow. It sounds like you were involved in many things and you were you were out in the public a lot, obviously. And. And obviously that would have an impact with your, you know, your decreased mobility and some of the challenges you were facing, no doubt, um, that made it more and more difficult for you, obviously, to do some of those athletic things like uh, be a ski instructor. But I'm sure because you mentioned some of your cognitive challenges as well, that some of some of those work responsibilities would have become very, very challenging for you as well. It was, it was insane. And I had a, a very, you know, from the time of diagnosis, like I did teach skiing that September, uh, um, December, 2013, 2014, Christmas, New Year's period. And everybody was safe and I made it through, but it was at the detriment of my own health and body. And then from there I got the diagnosis and literally five or six weeks later, I was in the hospital and in an electric wheelchair. So there was a lot of, um, you know, the few people that knew about what was going, what was happening to me that I shared it with, they were, you know, propping me up and doing things for me so that these, these responsibilities were followed through on. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that one thing you, you talked about, obviously, you know, that you were trying to do all these things, but it was much to your own detriment, you know, how you kind of made, not that it was your fault that things got worse, but but because you push so hard because you wanted you wanted to be able to do all those things that it that your body responded kind of in a negative way and i know with uh, with ms that tends to be our our mentality so often is that we push and we push we push our body so far and then and then they respond and then they react and you know it can be it can be so discouraging so many times we can look back and say well i used to be able to do this and, you know, and now I can't, or we are, we act in, you know, we act in defiance of things and our body, our body revolts against us. And, and it can be such a, you know, such a problematic thing. And I know uh, that's not uh, just your story alone. I know um, for so many of us with MS is that we, that we want to, we want to push, we want to do kind of, you know, what, what the average person, what we believe that would be, but our bodies. Uh, need a different level of care. And I, I know that uh, I think we've all had to learn uh, what it is uh, to be kind to our bodies and kind to our minds, um, having MS and having all those challenges. So, so like we said, you know, you were obviously out in the public and doing, you know, your, your real estate and your ski instructor and um, doing your artistry, right? You're out in the, in the public. How did that kind of switch for you when, when 
kind of your mobility changed and your disability increased, were you still wanting to be out in the public or did did kind of the the mental landscape kind of change for you in that regard? It was a drastic and overnight change. And I am a really private person and I did not want the public to know. I was petrified that my clients or my boss um, at work would find out and I'd lose, I'd lose my clients, I'd lose my business. And that was my, my only income. So there was, you know, that was really, you know, driving a lot, but also I was super embarrassed. I, I needed, I, you know, I was very handicapped and I, I wanted to hide it. And I didn't want to talk about what was wrong with me. And a lot of the reason why I also didn't go out was because I was too ill. Like I was in felt like relapse after relapse. And then the drug treatments just were making me really ill as well. And it was such a, even though I thought, you know, I'd had this drastic decline, but I continued to decline really rapidly, even after I'd had this major change. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was horrified, Jody. like, I just completely emotionally splattered. I felt like every sense of myself had been um, destroyed. And yeah, I didn't even have time to absorb the diagnosis before I was like thrown into disability and pain and drugs and, and, and so on. Right. And, you know, having a shower stool come into my place and people telling me you got to move out and sell your place. And all these things were coming at me. It was, uh, it, to say it was overwhelming is really an understatement. <laughs> it was, it was pretty much donkey balls. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely sounds like that. And and again, I, you know, like you, you share the sentiment of so many other people with, you know, whether it's MS or a chronic illness, when especially when it comes up so suddenly, like so many of the things that we place our our worth and our identity in, you know, obviously your artistry and you know, being, being social and all these things, they, they become our identity. And then suddenly when, uh, when MS happens, when these symptoms happen and it feels like these things are taken away, we, we can struggle so much with who we are as a person. And, you know, what is my identity now that, you know, I can't do these things anymore or, or that I struggle so much with these things. And I think um, often we also go through this mental kind of dialogue that uh that suddenly because we can't do these things that that we're not worthy of so many things and and I think that's such a you know a slippery slope that we can go down and I think it's a very it's a very common one uh you know that that we see obviously in the MS gym but in our own lives as well that that we struggle to to not only you know deal with life with the challenges of with MS, but we try to figure out who we are in the world now because the things that we had believed about what we were contributing have suddenly changed. And that's not to say that obviously we we still have great worth and we are still worthy of love and acceptance, but it's kind of it's kind of um having to learn all over again uh where where we fit in and and how we can be, you know, productive members of society, how we can give back. And I know it looks different, um, but it does not mean that we, that the world can't learn a million different things from us and seeing us fight through our struggles every day, I think 
we have so much to share with the world. So, so I know with your journey, um, you know, you shared about that time where you kind of pulled away from everyone that you kind of went under kind of isolation because you were embarrassed, obviously, by um, some of the limitations that you had. And I have no doubt, though, that the people that uh, were surrounding you, uh, they love you unconditionally and they love you not for what you can do, um, but just for who you are as a person. And I know that can be hard for us to grasp sometimes. Um, but I know that something shifted in, in your brain um, a while ago. And I'd love for you to, to share about that because I know that um, from going to kind of a private person, you really put yourself out there. And uh, you did something really inspiring. Not only did you um, put yourself out there, but you also became an advocate for, for disability and accessibility and handicap. And I'd love for you to share um, with all of our listeners today um, just how that journey took place and, and what exactly that opportunity was. Going public is definitely new for me, like taking a really big stand publicly, that is new. Um, my part of myself, though, it's, it, which isn't new, is, is wanting to do something about when I see something wrong. So, um, so that was kind of a behind the scenes quietly. I write letters, form letters are provided to me. I send them off to politicians and in my volunteer work in, before I'm asked, like I was working on things to that I'd see that were wrong, that I needed that needed help and needed to be righted. And so I guess my own experiences that I'd experienced that I'd had in my town and, and in life that um uh, since being diagnosed and being you know permanently in a, a mobility device is is a stigma and discrimination. And not to say how many people aren't incredibly over the top, amazing, wonderful that that goes that stands like that's that's huge, but there are this 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 um, line and there's systemic um, ableism that in that has uh, uh, impacted me quite a lot, um, and I've had to I've had to you know fight for access to to just simple buildings, and I mean something happened in September that was pivotal for me, and I went that's enough I've had enough negativity this is wrong I I don't want anybody um, it's, people need to stop thinking this way and I need to do something more about trying to change it. And so, you know, when I'm as a person who is at home alone all the time, I'm buying all my clothing online and everywhere I look at all the marketing platforms, no there's disability is not represented there. I mean, there's more diversity, different sizes, shapes, colors, cultures. And um yeah, so I, you know, it was a Saturday night and um I was in bed. It was about seven o'clock and I got an email from my, uh, my favorite yoga attire company and they had a sale on and, and I thought, and there I saw pictures of, of people that were diverse. And I thought this company that I really believed in for many reasons. And so I, I emailed their media or their communications um, person. And I just said, you know, I'm really fed up of people gawking and staring at me as a young person in a wheelchair, random people coming up to me asking me, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me, right? And not seeing disabled people um, online with clothing attire on mark in marketing platforms, or maybe just even in the media. 
and or not enough of it. And so I thought I'm going to email them and just see like maybe they would be up for this and including disability in their their marketing platform. So I just wrote from the heart up, 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 and I sent it off. And within an hour and 15 minutes, the owner emailed me back. And she was so excited. She's like, oh my gosh, we totally want to do this. We totally want to get, get you involved. And, and, you know, no, we wouldn't allow you to do this for free. We would pay you just like everybody else. And I'll get somebody else on my team to contact you later. And, and then that's how it all happened. It, um, and the, um, later that week, I got a phone call from uh, one of their um, top people a lady and she she and I discussed what they could possibly do on how they could incorporate disability into their um, uh, showcasing their clothing. And um, I said, well, do you want to see some photos? I mean, I've done some actions sort of model photo shoots before. Like, do you want to see that? She's like, nope, it doesn't matter because beauty comes in all different shapes, sizes, colors, races, everything diverse and abilities. Right. So and I just thought, Oh my gosh, this is exactly the right thing. These people were awesome. So that's um, happened. Wow, Jenny, that sounds uh, like such a great opportunity. And I would love to know more about, you know, this organization, but this company that is so, um, so welcoming of all abilities and um, is fully inclusive. Can you tell me more about them? Yes, I'd love to. The owner's name is Juliana Charlton, and it's actually two companies that she owns. So one is called No Me No You Designs, and the other is My Inner Fire. And they're located just in a, a city just south of Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, they manufacture in Vancouver as well. So, um, and they take um, recycled, like post consumer plastics that is put into a material that then they can use um, with, for their leggings. So essentially eight bottles of plastic bottles go into every pair of leggings. And then they just add some spandex to make it more comfortable. So it's a, a sustainable um, product line. And then they also take um, like beautifully and talented artists and they pay them for their artwork to be printed on the fabric. And so they showcase all these different artists and there's a little bit of information about each one and the story behind them. So there's meaning behind it, but more so the company name, No Me, No You is a, a fusion of Juliana's mother's name, which is Naomi and the phrase, No Me, No You, we are all one in the universe is the basis of their company. And you know, that just is really hits home, you know, as to what, what, why these people are important um, to me and why the company means so much to me and you know on top of it all the product is so gorgeous super high quality and very comfortable what what more could you ask for and you know i'm so excited you know obviously um for you having the opportunity but i'm excited for this podcast too that we can also you know um post some links to to see some of um uh, your work that you do with them and also um the company and and their background too so i hope that it will be uh mutually beneficial because you know what we all need uh to to support companies that are that promote um diversity and because of course this is um the ms gym podcast i do want to 
um, learn a bit more about how you heard about the MS gym and, and what kind of hooked you in into Trevor and his MS gym world? I guess it was, um, it was quite a, quite a while ago. Uh, it was March of 2018 and it's my, my quest of never ending search of trying to find some, something better, something to help myself, something to improve and to find other people who might like, um, who were like me, that the disability had forced you out of um, all athletics and um, everything and found a way back to life. So I, I did a search, I'm like, maybe there's a Facebook group. So I just went MS and, um, and then the MS gym came up and, and so I joined the group and, and I listened to Trevor's talk, you can do 30 steps, you can do 300. And then I was like, you are who I want to hear from. That hooked me. And I started to do some of the free exercises and realized that he had everything of all the physiotherapists that I'd seen in my past in one person. And I'm, I'm a seasoned um, patient of physiotherapists. And in Whistler, we have top shelf um, physiotherapists that work on athletes and world-class athletes. So they are super talented. And then just Trevor just had everything all in one, like the ability to, um, you know, to break down that walking chain and figure out how to put it together systematically in videos that were easy to understand. And the exercises that all made complete sense to me. So I was in a month and I bought into the membership. Like it was, it was a no brainer for me. And I was so glad, like there was other people out there who were trying so hard to get better too. Like I could just, it's, um, I almost felt like crying, like, like, wow, look at everybody and look at how they're struggling and how they're facing um, their, their, their futures and getting through the day. And, and um, I just, uh, I was so happy to find the gym. Mm, that's wonderful. And, and, you know, it just keeps after like three and a half years now of, you know, Trevor's free group and then, and then the ex, um, the membership, like it just keeps getting better and Trevor keeps doing more and more training. And so like you said that you you know you had in Whistler you had like the top shelf like physiotherapist like top line training and with Trevor he keeps doing more and more like uh a neurology based training and it's it's wonderful that he's passing it on to us right like that that we we're his crew we're his tribe right to pass this information on to so it's it's awesome and i know uh that you are one of those uh, people that like to geek out with Trevor as well, as, <laughs> as many of us Jimmers do. And, you know, and there's something for everyone. And there's, there's also uh, Trevor's cheeky sense of humor too, which many people uh, get a real hoot out of as well. And, you know, the, the BGB was, um, so when I was doing the photo shoot, I, I almost everything was entirely with me sitting, um, resting, right? But there was a couple times and I said to them, I, I need, you know, I want to stand up to try to showcase the clothing better. Mm. And so I had my walker. It was, you know, the, the rolls that moves wheelchair walker. So um, made it into a walker and I stood and I was like, hey, BGB, BGB, hold your stance, BGB, you know, smile, hold you, you know. And I was like, so these words were rolling around in my head. And so I finished the shoot and I sent one of the photographs off to uh, one of my friends. And it was like, I was doing Trevor's BGB, like through the whole thing, standing up, right? Like, because I don't really use a walker to, to walk with, right? I basically sit on it. Um, for the most part. So it was like, it was, uh, 
I mean, he's embedded in my core now of the things that he's taught. And, and um, you know, even if I can't get to a full video in a day, there are certain key exercises that I need to do every day and to keep like a, a basic level of strength and core stability. Awesome. And it, it's true what you said, like we all say that we have a little Trevor in our head saying, you know, BGB butts, guts, blades all the time. Like whenever we're doing so, and even as you're, even as you're saying this, I'm like, I need to be sitting up straighter because I'm not doing good BGB. So it's funny how, you know, he gets in our head and, and, you know, obviously part of the awesome part about the membership too is, is about, you know, you mentioned about the community, but you know, the MOC about how we have so many members from all over the world that, get we get each other we understand what it's like to to uh struggle and to have victories and to have setbacks and to just to know to have people that know what it's like to live with a chronic illness and that you know not every day is not everything that happens is is linear but it kind of goes in in cycles and just because we can do something one day it doesn't mean that we can do it tomorrow and just because we couldn't do something yesterday. It doesn't mean that that we can't do it today. So it's so important to have, you know, a group of people that understand us, even if, you know, when we're talking about diversity, it kind of makes me think that the MS gym is so diverse because we are all, we are all different. And, you know, in the MS gym, there's people of all mobility uh, types and challenges and certainly all over all over the world, I can't even think at least 50 different countries are represented there. So um, I think that's an, that's an awesome thing too. So, so Jenny, I wanted to, um, to ask you before we sign off, is there anything um, that you would say to someone who is either not newly diagnosed or kind of going through a transition themselves uh, where they're struggling in regards to finding this new identity when some of the things that, uh, were part of um kind of who they portrayed themselves as that it's not quite the same anymore do you have any advice and how to work that kind of the mental mind piece of moving from isolation to at least putting yourself out there yeah it's a it's a journey that's individual to each person and their experience with how ill they are and how disabled they are and how much it's affected their lives. So it's, it's very, very, very tough. Um, and you, you really just have to find a way to connect with yourself and find value in who you, who you are, just love what you are today, because it's such a wasted energy thinking about all the, the, the negative things that you're not and it's a waste of energy trying to push past, past something that your body is unwilling to, to, to do anymore. And I mean, that's only, you can only, as much support as you can have from other people is amazing, but really it's, it's up to each person to find that strength and that love in their own heart for themselves and, and find that new voice, whatever it may be. And I, I appreciate everyone who, who is having a hard time getting through that and accepting going out in public and, um, you know, having to move into a wheelchair is, is, is you know, can be a horrifying um, experience um, for, for some people, maybe not everybody. It certainly was for me. And 
And um, yeah, you know, it takes a long time getting used to feeling vulnerable and kind of weak. But that has to pass and it will pass. And I think when you get well enough to be able to, because there's so much illness that's involved with disease, right? And, and the, the medications that you take um, for it. So, you know, you have to kind of get through that. And then once you're well enough to get a place to stability, just find, you know, if you're a passionate person like I've been, find something that you're passionate about and just go in that direction put yourself in in that in that environment so that you can thrive with that passion so maybe completely something that you never even imagined and you know for me it ended up being this i want to see disability normalized in the marketplace like i want to see more equality more access and less ableist attitudes and honoring disabled people as consumers and so um that's it's been it's definitely been a long time for me to to get there, uh, but it's it's an unmistakable, um, I guess, truth that I have found. Hmm. What a, what a beautiful answer, and especially for me putting you on the spot because that was definitely not one of the questions that we talked about going over. But you answered that amazingly, and I know that that will resonate in the hearts of so many people that are listening because, like like we've talked about it before, it's all we all go through this, in, you know, again, whether it's MS or whether it's another chronic illness, we all have to uh, work through that mental piece of, you know, who we once thought, you know, we were and, and finding, our, finding our new place. So I think that uh, you have so much valuable insight there in, in, your, last, in your last statement. So I, I appreciate you so much. And I have loved getting to know you more over the last few months as we've uh, been planning to do this podcast and you know I can't wait to see you up on you know the billboards advertising for disability and uh, so I thank you again Jenny for uh, being with me today I wish you all the best thank you Jody thank you I'm I'm so honored as I said to to be here and to share my my thoughts and stories with you and thank you to everybody who's listening and all the people that have inspired me to, to be, um, to come to this place that I am now and I wish you well. And it has been my pleasure getting to know you too. Thank you. Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS gym? You can check us out at the msgym.com.